Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Dave Watt. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you who are new to the show, welcome. I'm glad you're here too. Please feel free to make yourselves at home, and as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. My friend Josh is on the show today, and before we get any further into this intro, I need to apologize to all of you, and Josh, if you're listening, Josh, uh, because there are some audio issues with this episode. I don't know what they are, I don't know what happened, I didn't notice them until a week and a half after we recorded the episode. Nothing I could do about it. We're all going to have to deal with it together. So I hope we can be mature adults and handle some goofy audio issues. It gets a little staticky and loud at points for no reason. I don't know why, but we'll, we'll work through it. It's okay. Anyways, my friend, uh, (laughs) my friend Josh is on the show today and I met Josh through the band Instead of Sleeping, who are also my friends. He was doing video work for them, filmed a documentary, did a music video, uh, started dating a girl that I know. I was like, you know, who the hell is this guy? Why does he know all my friends? I don't know who he is. This is weird. But uh, I ended up meeting him. He's a really fucking cool dude. We've been we've been boys since. We're homies. So we're going to talk about, you know, how he got into film stuff and his life and growing up and everything else that he does because he does a lot I learned a lot about him this conversation that I didn't know so maybe you'll learn something too it's gonna be cool it's gonna be great I promise so uh just uh sit back relax and let's start the motherfucking beat No, this is everything <laughs> that I admire and love about you. Oh, it's so fucking awesome. Yeah, you gotta just do what you can. Yeah, this like this normally isn't here. This is a top of a computer desk that is. No, a... I just figured you had this. Like, you roll out of bed in the morning. You're like, all right, I have an idea. Yeah. And that was it. No, no. Uh, now is... I it kind of breaks the illusion a little bit that you don't just permanently have a recording studio set up in your room. No, no. I mean the microphone's usually set up, but. Not like this. So. I love it. Where do we begin? Where do you begin? Where the fuck did you come from? Because, all right, I'll tell you this. So, I remember I was hanging out with Anna one day, and we went to tie me up, and she was like, yeah, I'm seeing this guy. His name's Josh. And I'm like, who the fuck is Josh? Who's this guy? Yeah. And then I never heard of you, and I didn't know anybody that knew you. You just kind of came out of nowhere. So, did you just, like, 
materialize yeah, from, I, like, a pool of awesome somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Or uh, you know how... Did uh, you grow up in Pittsburgh? What happened? No, no, no. You know how in Power Rangers, uh, <laughs> he forms out of the goo, Ivan Ooze? Yeah. Yeah, I'm Ivan Ooze. Oh, okay. Yeah, and this is actually where I kill you, Red Ranger. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so I came... Um, so I guess the, the important part is that I come from a half Pittsburgh, half Chicago family. So I have a very weird accent and a very weird upbringing and a very <laughs> mixed up place. And it all happened about an hour and a half north of here in Butler, PA. Okay. Which, um, if no one knows anything about Butler, PA, it was once a very booming suburb uh, that was big when the Industrial Revolution kind of hit its toll. And then they were like, during World War II, they made Jeeps. That was like their big thing, and then they were coal and mining, and they basically created this little city. And this little city was super populated and had this like huge high school in it that took up most of Butler County's kids, um, and just a lot of awesome stuff happened there. And then like the 80s hit, and everyone went to Pittsburgh, and Butler was just literally left decimated. Yeah, sure. Um, and so I grew up in this weird you know, situation where my best friends thought they were rednecks, but they acted like city slickers. <laughs> okay. So, like, a, an average night for us was, like, shooting BB guns at stop signs from a porch that was, like, the BB guns, like, you couldn't hear them because there were no houses around us. But then we were playing, like, Taking Back Sunday and My Chemical Romance really loud. Okay. So, <laughs> does that make any sense? Sure. You know? In Butler. In right. Butler, PA. That's right. That's what you were doing. Yeah, we all rode Je- or, uh, drove Jeeps. So we had, like, tops downs on Jeeps and, like, uh, was not uncommon to have camo and big boots with skinny jeans and, like, a van <laughs> t-shirt. I mean, just some really messed up kids that were kind of pointed in different directions. Um, my crew was really awesome. We called ourselves... Uh, the Oakland crew because most of our friends lived in uh, Oakland, which was uh, like a township in Butler. Okay, the, so there's an Oakland in Butler. Yeah, or the Dirty O. Oh, is what it was called, and uh, it was just a collection of about like ten of us was our our main clique, and we just we did everything together. We all into like alternative weirdo kind of stuff. Yeah. So what was kind of cool is we grew together. So luckily enough, I met these guys literally at the beginning of high school, like in high school for us started in seventh grade. Uh, so, so it was like seven through 12th. Yeah. Okay. It's high school. That's pretty intense. It is. high. That's a lot. That's yeah. Stimulation. Yeah. It's broken into two grades per building. Okay. So we have a downtown building and then two buildings that are similar campuses to each other but are different buildings. And so 7 and 8 go together, 9 and 10, and 11 and 12, which really helps that kind of like you're not a freshman ever. Okay. Um, and that's kind of cool. But all these schools were built in the 70s when they didn't think kids needed windows. <laughs> okay. So you're really just in this and you're in like – this weird mix where there's like five African-American kids in the whole school. So there's really not a lot of like gang tensions or anything. It's just a lot of white kids who really don't know what they are. Uh, you know, there's kids who think they're rednecks. And then like I, <laughs> I have a friend who started as like this super redneck. Then he went into this super emo mode and now is getting his doctorate in psychology at West Virginia University. Okay. 
<laughs> I mean, I I play shows out in Butler. Yeah. And oh, yeah, I see the know. people that are there, so that definitely makes sense because I'm assuming that the high school hasn't changed no, whatsoever. Oh, God, no. Do you still have family that lives out there? So my mom moved out of Butler uh, last winter, uh, and I the only connections I have are two of my best friends that I've known my entire life. Um, actually, I've known Robert literally 20 years in August. Okay, so... What so you just ended up getting out of Butler and coming to Pittsburgh, or was there any time in Chicago? No, oh god, I wish. No, uh, so I was a jock my entire life. I was uh, captain of a hockey team, I played on multiple hockey teams, I had opportunities to do hockey other places and everything like this. And really, wanted... you have a hat on now that says hockey, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because now I'm oddly enough working in hockey again. And okay, have never let go of hockey. Um, but I loved hockey, and I, I since I was a kid wanted to make that my life until about my junior year. I met this guy by the name of Mr. Robbins who was like, Hey, do you know? do you like video cameras at all? I was like, fuck yeah, I like video cameras. Cause that was always my little side thing that I played with. You know, I loved movies. My dad would wake me up and we'd watch Alfred Hitchcock and Godzilla movies together at two o'clock in the morning when he was drunk off his ass. And <laughs> I'd did... get to make giant bowls of ice cream made out of whatever the hell I wanted just to hang out with him. What dad. did your dad do? My dad was everything. Okay. So <laughs> my dad's degree is in teaching in particular history and high school. And that's what he loved to do. But Pennsylvania and this area in particular is very hard to get a teaching job. So he kind of bounced around and his, he's the son of a minister. And the minister was running a, um, like a, a place for kids that were like abused or abandoned or anything like that. And basically he became a social worker. Okay. Um, and he would do those kinds of things. And that's how he met my mom was through a social working thing like they were restraining a kid together um and the kid's spitting and he's going i'm the devil i'm gonna kill you and my dad's got his arms and my mom's got his feet and he just like looks up at her and goes so what are you doing tonight really <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty badass that's awesome what, yeah. did your, what did your mom do my mom's also a social worker okay so, oh, I, I should have put that fucking yeah. together <laughs> I was raised by two social workers, which so, even further <laughs> complicates me. <laughs> well, that you actually seem like a pretty well-adjusted person. Yeah. I don't know if you had, like, any sketchy times, but out of a lot of people I know, you've always been... You seem kind of like you're you're put together. Yeah. You don't seem like you're too... Uh... Well, you know, it comes from... You know, my dad comes from a farm minister family. Okay. And my mom comes from, you know, a guy who grew up in Dormont. My grandfather <laughs> is one of the hardest working MFers you've ever met, and he promoted himself all the way up the ranks to be like a president in Exxon Mobil. Okay, that's sure. Gas, yeah. yeah. There's money in that. Yeah. So you know, that's a guy who literally was just a dormant kid, worked his ass off, and raised himself up to this higher level. So my mom came from like higher tier, but both had blue collar in their bones and in their blood. And then where I lived in Butler was, I mean, that all that's all it is. Everyone works at AK Steel and, you know, they drink their money and that's like, that's what they live in, you know? And that's, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so you would be with your dad yeah. watching movies, yeah. eating ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loving, loving making movies. And then I remember I got my first video camera 
and the same year ended up getting taken to Disney World, which was like the greatest thing a child could do. And I basically shot little movies inside Disney World. Okay. And then when I came back, I was like, okay, really want to do this and recruited some of my friends. How old were you at this time? Uh, sixth grade. Okay. So like I was 10, like, 11 or right, something. Yeah. Still die hard in love with hockey, played it every day, played on multiple teams. But when I was like hanging out in the summer in the off season with my friends, we made uh, music videos to NSYNC songs. Okay. And had choreographed routines and everything. So were you in the videos or did you just direct them? I was in them. Oh, okay. So you were a director and actor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah at yeah, 11. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, <laughs> we would also make James Bond ripoff movies. You should have combined the two. We, I'm not saying that it didn't happen. Because there was definitely a point where we made a skate. Well, we couldn't skateboard, but we loved Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Um, and we dressed like skateboarders because it's Butler and we don't know what anything is. And oh. so um, we love all this kind of shit and it's like just kind of getting mixed together. And so eventually what we ended up doing was making this like Razor Scooter wannabe skateboard video to Avril Lavigne Skater Boy. And then I think one of the scooters blew up at the end. So eventually How did it blow all up? came together. Um, Toad from the X-Men movies that were big when we were kids planted a bomb underneath one of them okay and the toad was my brother who was attached to that character and would play every character in our movies and would get killed in every single scene. do you still have these i have tapes that i believe they're on but i don't have a way to play them oh that's the worst it is the worst and when i see yours it makes me even more upset because well, i'm like <laughs> i have gold too i have so much more like what happened was the only reason I have any old footage is because when I still had my camcorder, I combined, I compiled what at the time I thought was the best of the best of like 10 hours of tapes to like an hour and a half on a VHS tape. So there is really good stuff on that one tape, right? but there's hours of stuff that I don't remember. And I'm sure yeah. there's some like primo stuff. Yeah. All I need to do is if I went on to eBay or something and bought a high eight camcorder, it's just, I don't know if those memories justify the $50 I'd have to spend <laughs> to get the camcorder. I would, so part of my problem was, is that I would break my camera every year doing some death defying stunt. And, um, so I have like beta to up. Yeah, so sure. like I would have to buy 60 cameras to figure out which, you know, goes in here and then get them out of that camera onto a computer. Yeah, some, depending on the format, you can get some, like, there's, like, a mini cassette tapes, depending on what type it is, to, like, a, right, because it's, they, like, a VHS yeah. tape, and you can, like, play it on the VCR, yeah. but they don't make them for high 8. Right. Oh, well. Yeah. So, um, basically, my junior year, I meet this TV teacher. And he goes, you know, do you like movies? And I was like, yeah, I've always kind of played with that, but I'm going to play hockey. I remember telling him up front, I'm going to play hockey. So I'll do this because I don't want to do real school, and this is this counts as classes, and I like this better, but I, I play hockey. And my first day in class after I told him that, he's like, okay. And he threw me on the morning announcements in the sports segment because I was obviously <laughs> very much like, whatever sure and um i just got on and like something clicked and it was just so natural and it literally became a point to where um 
you know, I would say something and it would become a catchphrase. Okay. I would used to close my segment my segment with, and that's Josh Elsass with sports. And, like, kids <laughs> would pass me in the hall and repeat this shit to me. And what was fun about it was that I, because I played hockey, was friends with all the athletes. So I wasn't, like, just football or just basketball. I was doing wrestling scores, golf scores, you know, women's soccer, whatever. And so, and I would have something to say because I was there. You know, I would yeah. be, like, there watching the game. And so it became, like, this really fun environment for me. And between being on a semi-successful hockey team and really loving this video thing and, and gaining, I guess, popularity from it. Um, high school was the shit for me. So you had a good high school experience. I had a kick-ass high school. Um, so when my senior year rolled around and I'm, like, not really getting as much traction on hockey as I wanted. Like, I had big dreams to go play at Penn State, uh, play hockey there, or, you know, one of the, the big hockey schools like BUBC or Michigan or, you know... Uh, and just no one's looking at some kid from Butler, especially a kid playing the wrong position who's a little undersized. Um, and so my TV teacher goes, well, you know you can do this for a living, right? And I was like, no, who the fuck does this for a living? He's like, the news, all this kind of stuff. You, you can do this. You're good enough to do this. And I was like, okay. And so I kind of like put it off and like looked at the Art Institute and Point Park and, and like, you know, my friends were talking about like UCLA and uh, Florida State, who are big film schools, and you know NYC and all these other things. <clears throat> and I never really invested in that, or invested in looking into a college. So it's like February, my senior year, and everyone has their shirts on where they're going <laughs> yeah. to school, and I'm like. Hey, should I apply to go to school somewhere? <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. Like, I thought that just happened because athletes are recruited to go to school. So I just sure. thought everyone got recruited. And my dad was really sick at the time. So neither of my parents really had, like, oh, shit, Josh hasn't applied to go to fucking school yet. And I was just kind of living my life happy. I was never at home between hockey, shooting, little mini movies, and hanging out with my girlfriend, I was like, fuck this, I don't give a shit. Yeah. And almost became trapped in Butler. <laughs> because okay. I wasn't going to go to school. Um, and I was working at Hot Topic at the time, and they were training to be a manager, and I was like, yeah, I can do that. That's fine, whatever. And I was like, I was seriously really close. Uh, it, wow, yeah. yeah. The noose was getting tighter. Yeah. <laughs> and um, one of my best friends at the time, Justin Luteran, um, got into Robert Morris and they had a TV video program that did both film and TV because I wasn't really sure which I liked more and he's like I'm going here he's like you should come because you're going to okay. get stuck in that's Butler. not too far from Butler no and it and that was the idea you know was that it was close but it it was you know whatever and then another one of my friends Josh Oshie got in and then it just kind of became like a pile of us that went to Robert Morris together sure um, it was Justin Luteran, Tom Klabnik, um, Alexander Weir, and Josh Oshie. And Tom, Justin, and I all now work professionally in video at a high level, which is pretty fucking awesome. That's and super awesome. some kids behind us and a couple that were in front of us. And, like, 
you know, in sports, like sometimes you just create a hotbed accidentally. Like the Olympics this year, how many like Olympians came out of that town in Minnesota? Like 12, right? Well, essentially <laughs> 12 video professionals came out of Butler at the same time. Okay. So that was a really neat thing, but I almost wasn't one of them. Like I was almost... I'd still be in the hot topic system right now if, oh, yeah. if my friend didn't grab You'd me. Be that go, guy. Yeah. Hey, dumbass. You haven't gotten <laughs> into school yet. And um, yeah, and so like I never really cared about grades in high school, so like I barely got in. My SAT sucked. My ACT sucked. Like I thought I was gonna have to go to community college. Like college was not my thing. And so my shit wasn't together when college came. So much so that I didn't have anywhere to live on campus. And my dad, who was eventually dying at that time, um, was very adamant that I stayed at home. And I think it's because he knew he was dying and he didn't want to lose his oldest son. Um, and I just got really fucking rebellious. And I was like, fuck you, I'm moving out. And um, Shit. I slept on Justin Luteran's floor for like three months at college. And it was like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it. Living right? the life, right? Right. But... Uh, I like literally packed all my stuff into the car and like I just drove my car. I left it like in a Kmart parking lot for like a couple of months until I could move my stuff into a dorm room and like had very little communication with my mom at all because I was like, screw you, I'm doing it. And then even like I didn't talk to my dad. I started school in August. I left at the end of August. He died in October and we never spoke. Fuck, man. Yeah. That's pretty heavy. It's, um... Like, did you have, like, an okay relationship with your parents? Or yeah. You... Oh, God, yeah. My mom is one of my best friends, and, and, you know, I never lost touch with my brother, oddly enough. And is he older or younger? Younger. Okay. He's four years younger than I am. Um, but it was just very much a, a... You needed to do this? Yeah. Yeah, because I almost got left in Butler. Sure. You know, literally, I, I remember all my friends... Half my friends went to Penn State. Half my friends went to Robert Morris. And I was like, I want to go to Penn State. That's my dream. I want to play hockey there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, nope. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it just, it became something where, like, I was just so mad. And I was dating this girl at the time. It was pretty toxic. Um, and her parents were pretty uh, wealthy. And they were supporting me, more or less. Okay. So there was definitely, there's been gray area. Ryan Howe. I've not had it together the whole time. Um, but I always had a, a goal and a mission that I was going to do something. And I was going to be, I, I don't know. I don't want to be famous, but I want my name to be attached to what I do. Sure. You know? Like I want, recognition. Yeah. But not... Uh... No, I don't want to be Spielberg. Okay. I don't want to be Tarantino. But if I'm James Wong... Yeah. Who makes um, the Insidious films okay. of, like, hockey videos? That's awesome. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I ended up sleeping on my friend's floor and got really invested into the TV program at Robert Morris and just literally didn't look back. But it's so funny because I had such a good time in high school, I really treated college like a job. Okay. And didn't party didn't hang out with my friends. My friends were the people who I worked with and the athletes that I covered. And I built this little empire in my life of um, these collection of shows that were Robert Morris TV based. And 
and we won a couple of broadcasting awards for them. I had won two broadcasting awards by the age of 20. Congratulations. It was fun. Um, and then, you know, that was uh, that was pretty much just to spite my dad. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> uh, our last conversation was he's like, you won't make it. So he wasn't supportive of what you wanted to do? Like, or... So my dad and I kind of had the same dream that I would be an athlete. Okay. All right. But he was never, like, forceful about it, and he would always just kind of let me make my own decisions. And when I started to get into TV video, he would watch them, but he wouldn't, like, love them. He wouldn't love my movies. My mom would be like, whoa, these are the greatest things ever. (laughs) And my teachers really liked them, but my dad would be like, that's okay. You know? And it was never, like the greatest um and and really it really boiled down i think a lot to his health um he had two amputations in a year was wheelchair bound um constant pain he had what's called phantom pain so when you lose a limb you still think it's there what happened if i yeah like i guess i should back up because it's kind of like one of the i guess like that would be a whole part of my book you know (laughs) if i were writing one um, but so basically my dad, like I told you, worked for a living. Um, and he quit social working. Then he managed a gas station for my grandfather for a little bit. And then he never saw us. So he quit that and became like a line cook. Um, and he was like a line cook at the restaurant that I worked at in high school. At one point in time, this restaurant employed every member of the Elsass family except for my little brother and he was even there like bussing tables on the weekends okay so literally everyone um what up snack and pack (laughs) (laughs) which you should eat at next time you're in butler because it's good food okay um good bar food get a pepperoni ball okay but uh i don't eat pepperoni oh shit that's right but let's not get sidetracked yeah um anyway so yeah uh, my dad worked for a living, and at one point in time, he worked uh, for the cracker company Lance. Okay. Um, and he was a truck driver. He would drive from school to school. He really did do everything. Oh, he did everything, man. <laughs> okay. He worked at, like, a kitchen store where they sell, like, stoves. Okay. Like he Appliances, was, yeah. Yeah, but, like, for industrial kitchens. Like, just weird shit, man. Sure. It was awesome, though. Um, and he would... At one point in time, his heat broke in his truck, and he never got it fixed, and it was really snowy, and his leg got wet, and he contracted gangrene. Or, I'm sorry, frostbite. Like, something that doesn't happen in the 21st century, he got. And wow. then ignored it, and it turned into gangrene, and it ate his leg. Holy shit. Yeah. Medieval stuff. That seems so, like... Impossible? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, he lost his... um his leg at like about right at the top of the calf and the first guy who performed the amputation didn't get up high enough uh, and the gangrene uh, persisted so they had to go above his knee Uh, and really that's two major surgeries in a span of like six months yeah that's a lot so the second time he didn't really come out of the anesthesia right away and he was kind of in like you know how sometimes when you're in a vivid dream you like you can get up and move around the room and like see things, right? Well, my dad was always like a vivid dreamer, and my brother and I are both vivid dreamers. Uh, it's weird things that you can inherit, I guess, because he got it from his mom and so forth. So okay. Forth. 
Um, so my dad is really fucked up on anesthesia and is basically this like, like he's tripping on anesthesia. Um, and he's hospitalized for almost four weeks because he can't come out of it. So he would lay in bed <clears throat> and we'd go see him every day. Um, so he's like doing this thing or whatever. And, um, he's like laying in bed and depending on who was talking to him, he would revert back to different points in his life. Weird. So when he would see my mom, he would talk to her like they were dating again. And he would say really inappropriate things and like grab her butt and like that kind of stuff. Okay. But like it was all loving, you know? Yeah. Um, when he would see my grandmother, he would revert way back to being like a seven-year-old. And he would talk in like a baby voice and like ask for like chocolate milk and like weird things like that. When he would see my brother, he would want to pull my brother onto the bed and like coddle him and hold him like he was a child. And when he would see me, he would just get mad. Um, there was a point in time where I sat. He was sitting on a window ledge um, in the hospital. Uh, he was in his own room because he was, you know, technically should have been in probably a mental cage or something because he was irrational because he was reverting into these different forms of himself. Yeah. Um, and I remember coming up and sitting down next to him. And it was after a hockey game or something, and I told him, I was like, Dad, I scored, like, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he was like, what? And I was like, I scored or something. And he's like, move your car. And he's pointing out the window into, like, a grass yard. He's like, move your car. I said, Dad, there's no car. He goes, Josh, move your car. Dad, there's no car. He grabs me by the back of my head and smushes my head against the window, and he goes, Josh, move your fucking car. I'm like, Dad, there's no car. He pulls my head back and rams it against the window. And he goes, move your fucking car. This happened, like, one more time. And then finally, um, as my mom's, like, crying, um, you know, people come in, restrain him, get him into a wheelchair. Um, <clears throat> and I just remember grabbing his head, kissing him on the forehead, and yelling, wake up. And then I slapped him. And the next day, he came out of it. Wow. Yeah. So that happens. Uh, same week, we find out that my girlfriend of, like, three years, her mom had traumatic brain cancer, was going to die in, like, three months. Gee. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, man. It was good, good time to be in high school. So, this was, like, what, senior year? Yeah. So, my dad always had chronic health problems, and there would be times where, like, no one would come get me from school. <laughs> Or I'd come home to, like, an empty house that looked like it had been broken into, but I knew that actually they just rushed my dad out. So this was all in the same time period? No, this was my whole life. Oh, really? Yeah, like, I remember, like, walking home from, like, elementary school. Like, just like, mm, okay, dad's in the hospital again. That just became, like, So he was hospitalized, life. like, a lot throughout yeah. life? So, yeah. okay, so the gangrene thing did that happen earlier or was later different reasons yeah this was different like heart attacks and oh just and, like different. that kind of stuff okay yeah. um i think part of what you know i said my dad did everything and i kind of put him on this pedestal for doing everything but he also really punished his body by doing all these things and doing multiple jobs every day seven days a week and then, workaholic Right, and then he was a drinker and a smoker, and he loved McDonald's. 
and Burger King. Okay. <laughs> so none of this is going to help him whatsoever. The American dream. Right, is exactly <laughs> what it was. Yeah. Live in a small town in Butler <laughs> and drink and smoke yourself to death while chuffing cheeseburgers down your throat. But yes. it was, uh, yeah, the American dream. Shit. All right, so fast forward a bit. I yeah. feel like we, we covered a yeah, good yeah. bit on your yeah, the high school upbringing. Life. Yeah. Upbringing that was. Yeah. It's, so. But. What's up? I guess what I was going to say is Robert Morris, yeah. that's how you met instead of sleeping. Right. And then that's how you entered my life. Right. So. Yeah. Actually, it all makes sense now. Yeah. So Robert Morris is where I went to school and really got that recognition I was looking for and that. When you mentioned video, anywhere at Robert Morris, my name was the one that came with it. And so Sean Sweeney went to like one of the video Mr. Networking. teachers. Right. <laughs> Mr. Never forget a name, never forget a face. Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> we, the other night, we were literally just, it was like the, it was me, Anastasia, Maddie, and Sean walking the fucking south side. He, we got stopped six times. Sean Sweeney, is that you? Oh, hey. And he knew their name, where they met what they were currently doing. And I'm like, you're oh, yeah. sick. You're a sick individual. Anyway, so Sean Sweeney goes to um, the video teacher at the time, and he goes, who's your best guy? I need someone to make a music video for me. And he's like, I only got one good guy. And uh, so it was me. And I just remember rolling up at the back of Mr. Smalls, um, and I had uh, one of the kids who came out of, the uh, butler hotbed with me. Sure. Uh, Colin, what is your last name? Wiles um, was with me. And we were going to shoot this thing. And I remember rolling up to the back of, of Mr. Smalls. And I thought I had met the weirdest people in my life because Sean is Sean. But when you roll up, <clears throat> and Krista was shaved head at the time, had on literally nothing, <laughs> had like the key tattoo and like a feather necklace. She was, like, holding Tony's hand, who I couldn't really decide was a boy or a girl. Okay. <laughs> if it weren't for the fucking facial hair, right? And yeah. It, I mean, he may not even had facial hair that at that point. But I remember looking at him, and then there was a really quiet kid with an emo swoop over to my left, and that was Woody. And I remember just, like, rolling up to, like, what the fuck am I getting myself into? Sean kicks open the door. Oh, hey, how are you? It's good, isn't it? Yeah. I've been practicing it for six years. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> for however the fuck long, four years, I guess. Um, So I shoot this music video, and I remember I was sitting back behind them. Like, I was back, tucked away in a corner, shooting them from behind, and, and my other guy was down in the pit, and then I had cameras everywhere. But um, I remember they were playing Chinese finger traps, and I was, like, getting in close on Woody, and he had no idea I was there, and it came to the breakdown part because it was a slower song. And he goes, da, da, boom. And Woody swings his guitar back and connects with me and the camera. And I don't blink. He doesn't blink. I just pull back. And Woody turns to the camera and just starts shredding in the camera. <laughs> and I was, that was it. I was hooked. I went yeah. home. I cut everything that night. I was up for like six hours. I was like, ah, I got to get it done now. Sent them like a trailer that night. They're all sitting at an Eaton Park watching it on their phones. They're like, this is the greatest thing ever, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, that that, uh, that energy, that high energy, it's like sports in a weird way, you know? It is like sports, and they treat it like a sport. 
those guys take that far more seriously than high-end stockbrokers take their job. Sure. And, you know, there's a fistful of people every day I wake up and they're like hanging on my house in my house somewhere. Um, and I just look at it and I go, you got to work harder than they do today. And they are hands down the last one I look at when I go out my door because if I'm not working as hard as they are or harder, then I'm not doing myself justice. Yeah. No, they they work really, really hard. And they have good ethic, good people. Yeah. And I adore them. I don't yeah. know what trying to get one of them on here they're all too busy oh that's bullshit i'll start breathing down their throats too no, because they i honestly need to do it. i honestly just haven't harassed them enough probably oh, god Corey's story is even better than mine oh yeah yeah Corey's is really good um anyway. yeah yeah no i think i feel like if i do talk to them i need to like talk to them all like I need it all at one and it's gonna be a nightmare but it'll be fun <clears throat> i interviewed them all at once and maybe it's not a good idea. It's what do you not. Think? It's a terrible idea. They're much better individually. Um, <laughs> and what you really have to do is hide Corey from Sean. Okay. So if you're going to do it at the same time, put them on opposite ends and don't like, you can't have anyone where Corey can influence them. <laughs> <laughs> so put him right next to Woody. Cause Woody will ignore him and then leave him on the end. So there's nobody over here. Okay. <laughs> That's really what you have to do. We're shooting their documentary, and the infamous scene or infamous scene is Corey like is burp puking, is like, and that's the noise that it makes, and he and Tony can't keep it together, and they just I just rolled because it was beautiful, and they're just laughing, and Corey's trying to describe to everyone how it felt, how it looked, and Tony's like mimicking Corey, and Sean's really embarrassed, and Woody says nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a metaphor for uh, yeah i haven't tried it with jeff yet though oh yeah because jeff i think could only make it worse okay because it's like adding it's like tony but more outspoken now so like you know it would be weird joke and and the jeff <laughs> from over here and then cory be like shut up jeff and then it would just keep going in circles so yeah so you meet those dudes you start yeah. shooting stuff for them yeah and then they changed my life they you you want to make yeah. that statement? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I um, was dating a girl at the time who was in the video department. Uh, lived in New Jersey. Had very similar dreams to me. Wanted a family. Wanted to shoot sports. Wanted to just call to life. Live in Jersey in her hometown and work for the Flyers. And I'm pretty sure she's she's already managed that. So good for her. Okay. Um, and it was something that sounded good to me, but wasn't always like hmm, that's what I want to do. Um, and after meeting instead of sleeping, I kind of started to get more and more away from sports and the jock and the athletic and started to indulge my other senses that I always kind of kept closeted, like drawing and creating and, and, you know, calling myself an artist. So it all goes down one Christmas party. I, uh, it was supposed to be an ugly sweater party and Christmas in my family is a pretty big deal, almost as big as Halloween. Um. And so every year my grandfather dresses up as Santa Claus and he comes and blah, blah, blah. And I had taken over the Santa Claus duties about two years prior. And it was very emotional and like now I'm Santa and I love it. Um, but his last year, we weren't really sure that he could make the black ice walk, you know, around the house. And we okay. were worried about his balance. And yeah. 
so Santa had an elf. And my mom, who was has always been an artist and used to make the most ma- amazing Halloween costumes for me and my brother as a kid, made this horrendous elf costume. Basically looks like a burlap sack, and it's, like, cut at the bottom, but it's cut like a mini skirt. Oh, no. And you wear tights and a, an elf hat that says, I believe in Santa Claus. And so I wore that one year, and it was always so funny, but we never had another need to use it, but I always kept it because I'm like, this is going to come in handy. So the day Sean invites me to this ugly Christmas sweater party, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm coming. And I was going to come as the elf, but I didn't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'm like hanging out, and uh, my mom brings me this costume. We watch a hockey game together. I said, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. Um, and my brother had a hockey game all the way out in Delmont, which is like two hours from Pittsburgh, right? Three hours from noon. Um, and he goes, okay, uh, awesome. We'll see you tomorrow at Delmont. Don't forget the games at 7 a.m. So you got to be there early. Okay. And so I show up to the instead of sleeping party in this elf costume and it's a hit. They're taking pictures. Like everyone loves it. And there was like two parties going on at the same time. And at one point, I went downstairs to get a beer, and I was walking back up the steps, and this really cute redheaded girl smacked my ass and asked me if I wore tights often. Now, I'm in a relationship, and I remember just thinking to myself, I really wish that I could respond the way I want to with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I like, I was like, ah, oh, no, and then ran up the steps and just like hid behind Tony the rest of the night. But it was basically that party and how much fun I was having and how I wanted to spend more time with these guys and people like them that I realized maybe I want to kind of do something more. I want to I want to not have a family immediately. I don't want to go settle down right now. I'm fucking not even 22 yet. Like there's a lot of gas left in this tank and I think I can do something with this. Yeah, totally. So they kind of inspire me. I break up with this girl, blah, 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 blah. But I forgot about the hockey game. So I drank into oblivion that night because I'm in this weird emotional state. Some of the other guys were too. And so we all just really got hammered and then cuddled on the floor. I kind of made my way down to Sean Sweeney's basement where there was this couch um, right there. <laughs> and I'm still in the elf costume. And Sean never being the shy one. At one point, at like 4 o'clock in the morning, here's my alarm go off to go to the hockey game. Swings open the door, ass naked, walks out into into the, like, the common area, right? And he goes, hey, what's up? <laughs> I was like, I gotta go to my brother's hockey game and you should put some pants on. <laughs> so I like get up in the elf costume still, jump into the car, hung over with no Gatorade anything, and drive three hours out to Delmont, the happiest I had been since my dad died. Wow, okay. And it was yeah. just, like, the greatest, most life-changing experience. Um, in that same time frame is when Anastasia had come into my life, and I just remember having a conversation with her about Childish Gambino and a website she had made for Childish Gambino. And um, I was like... I gotta know more about this girl we had a class together and if anyone knows anastasia she's never afraid to say what's on her mind yeah (laughs) um and at one point she was she she had made a dick joke or something in the middle of class like somewhere we don't make dick jokes 
and everyone's dying laughing. And I was sitting at the front of the class, and I remember I moved to the back of the class and sat next to my friend, uh, Justin Luteran, and I was like, he's like, why are you sitting back here? You never sit back here. You always sit in the front. You're a goody two-shoes. Because remember, I treated college like a job. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I think that girl's cute. And he's like, he's like, yeah, she's cute. And he's like, she's weird though. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't think she's weird. I think she's cool. And so I um, tweeted at her constantly over Christmas break, like, hey, we should hang out, blah, 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 blah. Uh, tried to lure her in with PBR and Mario Kart, because isn't that what all hipsters love? Yeah, sure. Right? Sure. <laughs> so um, eventually she comes over and uh, she hangs out that night. Uh, she got there at like five or six and stayed till four o'clock in the morning. And we just talked. Cool. No physical interaction, no kiss, no nothing. And it was a about a month courting process for me to even like get her attention to the point where I'm like, hey, pick me. I'm a winner. You know, <laughs> like um, I feel like it's definitely she's it's hard to get her to take you seriously. Mm -hmm. So her 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 respect is much appreciated if you do get it. It's, yeah, it's something you should appreciate. She's not a. If easy she, to impress we were at some point last year um we were talking about how many friends we had and because we've always you know talked about getting married or, or something like that and you know that we don't want a real wedding that we would want like drinking with our friends on a back porch okay yeah. like you know like why not we, right like what is it it's it's for a religion thing neither of us religious whatever so I always thought, like, that would be awesome. And she's, like, listing her group of friends that she would invite, and it's very small. And I was just like, you really, like, it takes a lot to be in your, like, thing. And she's like, yeah, but the people that are in my thing, I communicate with all the time. I talk to them every day. I love them. They're my friends. Yeah. And so, you know, that was something that I kind of respected and grew into uh, that I don't have a lot of friends, but the ones I do, I would do anything for. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's kind of cool and accidental that I kind of stumbled into the Pittsburgh music scene. Um, and all of you guys, but I would never trade you guys for the world. I feel like I have my group of 10 friends back. Um, we're bigger. <laughs> yeah. Especially now that some of us have gotten significant others were even bigger than we could imagine friendsgiving last year was amazing yeah we filled my house with 30 yeah. fucking people yeah. um you know so i feel like i have that back and it's it's so amazing and and all my friends now that i have are just you are all so creative and brilliant and inspiring and like you know, it's funny you say I have it put together, but it's really me looking at the who's who on my wall every day and going, got to be better than them, got to be better than them, got to be better than them. And yeah. It's, you know, it's awesome. No, totally. It's really awesome if you're, if you have the, the chance to surround yourself with like positive, productive people yeah. that are doing things that are cool. Like even if it's not something you're like a hundred percent into, or if it's something completely different from what you're doing, right. it's still like that motivation that they have is what inspires me rather than like what the, what, what product they're putting right. out, you know, like a good example for me is like 
Jasmine with her in school. She's double majoring. Yeah, she's like not. a psychopath. She's stupid. And stupid uh, smart too. But it's really it's motivational for me because it's like, how much are you doing to make what you want to happen happen? And why am I not doing as much as you? Right. And why yeah. aren't you just the CEO of Chipotle? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's but it's it's awesome. And I actually wanted to ask you, you know, what you do to uh, stay positive and stay motivated because you seem like a real positive kind yeah. of dude. But you kind of answered the question unless there's something else we haven't really touched on. No, I think, um, you know, for me. And when I first graduated school, I was expected to be handed a job because I graduated first in my degree and, like, had all these recommendations and all this other kind of stuff. And I just assumed I was going to get a job. And yeah. I was going to get a big job. And then two and a half years later, I finally have a job. And it's a little job, but it's a dream job. Um, and it's in hockey, oddly enough. Um, <laughs> and sports in general. So, um but basically, when I wake up every day, I kind of go through a, a similar routine. I wake up, and uh, staring me dead in the face is Noah Purdy uh, created a thing called Rust Belt Almanac, which is a magazine that he had made two issues of. Um, but basically, he graduated school, said, I'm going to do this, and fucking did it. And Noah, I like to call him the golden child, because everything he touches, it, it happens. If he has an idea, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. This guy has made his own apps that were bought by Apple. He's made his own, you know, um, magazine. He just rode to Canada with his, his lady on a bike. It's like, he like took three weeks off work. He's like, I'm riding to Canada on a bike and then rode back. Like he just does whatever he wants. And his little, uh, logo is staring me at the face when I wake up in the morning. Then I go out of my room. I go in and I sit in the shower for half an hour. I just sit in it. I don't shower. I just sit and I flip through my phone. And normally what I'm doing is I'm checking your Instagram. I'm checking uh, Greg Skelp's Instagram. I'm checking um, different like uh, people who I've come in contact with that are like athletes now. I'm checking their stats like Jake Hildebrand. Um, and I'm just kind of like collecting what they're doing. Seeing what people are up to. Mm -hmm. And then I get out of the shower, go into my other room. Um, and I get dressed, and above me is a Chicago Cubs, um, you know, uh, like a big poster board of Chicago, a uh, Wrigley Field, and it says Cubs win on it. Um, and that's just, you know, work hard, but don't don't be as hard as your dad was on himself. Uh, kind of reminder, I get dressed, I pass my uh, albums, which you're in, and instead of sleeping's in, and um, I kind of like just take a mental note of that. And then, um, you know, when I get on my bike, I always play one of my brother's favorite songs, and then I roll. And that's, I just fucking go. That's a, quite a routine. It's, it's a mental routine, and Anastasia makes fun of me every day for it, but <laughs> I wake up two hours in advance so that when I get into my chair at work, I roll. And then yeah. I don't stop until five o'clock. And then I go home. And sometimes, like last yesterday, I worked from 7 a.m. till 11. But I'm loving what I'm doing. What exactly are you doing? So I'm a TV, not even TV, because we do so much. I'm a video editor producer. Okay. I work at a company called Mind Over Media. Uh, our big jobs right now 
are the Rutgers football show. So basically, this is a show that airs on MSG Network, Big Ten Network, all these big, you know, things, and it's to promote Rutgers to help them recruit. So we cover the game, we do all these cool features on players and Rutgers in general and all this stuff. They also have a corresponding basketball show that we do. We also just started doing the University of South Florida's football show this year, and we've been doing Penn State hockey for about two years now. Um, so I'm sure you're loving that. Oh, uh, it's we were we were up there yesterday, and uh, Coach Guy Godowski handed me the hat that's on my head right now, and like, I literally, a little girl squeak came out of my <laughs> mouth. You know? I remember I've only ever been to Penn State once before this, and I remember telling my mom after the game because we were up there for hockey. I was like. Do you think any of the scouts saw me? Like I just, I just like, saw you standing there. Yeah, well, I was playing. Oh, okay, okay. Like okay. they thought I, you know, like I just assumed at the tender age of like seven that like I was gonna get picked up, go play at Penn State. Like, and I always kind of wanted to go to Penn State, and it was funny because one of my best friends, Justin Luteran's dad went to Pitt. So he always wanted to go to Pitt. Neither of us knew that neither of them had predominant hockey programs. We just. <laughs> Penn State's hockey program is now becoming predominant, but neither of us really understood that. Yeah, well, you're in Butler. What do you know? Yeah, exactly, right? You just like, <laughs> oh, man. I wore Pumas and baggy Arizona jeans from JCPenney's and a oh, Pink Floyd shirt every day. That's almost like the staple new metal outfit. It uh, that minus w- the Pink Floyd shirt, but you're in Butler, so it's excused. Yeah, but and the Pink Floyd shirt would get swept out for you know My Chemical Romance or Taking Back Sunday or you know whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the weird thing, this is totally a sidebar. Okay. So everyone here loves brand new. Sure. Our family that we've created of a billion of us loves brand yeah new. yeah yeah they're all brand new people right sure. like you guys will swear like to star them. like star wars or star trek yeah exactly brand new or tbs brand new never crossed our path in butler weird never and i guess it's maybe because they didn't play there or that they didn't have like i don't know a big they weren't on the radio or or the x or what it was but they just they never crossed our radar so when I started hanging out with Sean and Anastasia and all of you guys and like this brand new like addiction and like how <laughs> like they're on a pedestal above everyone, I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? You know, yeah. like, and it's always fascinated me that it never, I, I lived on the same music you guys did, you know, the used and like a park and my chemical romance and, you know, all these new metal bands. Never once was brand new ever in my top ten bands list or until now. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh yeah, Tejan Tendu's pretty freaking cool. Like, you yeah, know. Totally. Um, but it's it's been kind of fun in finding that with you guys. They're like, you know, Anastasia laughs because sometimes I'll catch myself like humming a tune and I'm like, God damn it. And she's like, Yeah, that's why we all like them, you dumbass. Like <laughs> <laughs> So Yeah. So things are good at your job yeah you're doing well you're doing are you doing any like uh creative stuff on the side or is it kind of like work kind of dominating a lot of that energy from you now yeah so um working like three jobs coming right out of school really snuffed me um on any kind of side projects when instead of sleeping would ask me i would obviously drop everything and i'm still waiting for you and i to team up and do something cool um 
maybe on this new album i got it it's coming together nice i'm so, excited i'll let you know um it's gonna be a while but i've always wanted to have a t-shirt company okay and like do my own t-shirt designs um it's hard it is hard and Anna- it's not hard to do it's hard to make it work like it's hard to have it take off I don't think I want it to take off. I just want to wear my own shirt. Okay, well, then there's no reason why you can't do that. Right. Um, And, you know, you're the prime example of that. (laughs) You know? And every, like, your shirt that I have that you gave me, like, forever ago is in my weekly rotation. I wear my psych shirt all the time, you know? Um, And I still don't have an instead of sleeping shirt. But I have... (laughs) I have Nevada Mountains. I have Sykes. Um, I'll get a divorce T-shirt. Um, I'm trying to get my hands on a Matt Berry crew neck. I'll have all of our friends shit, but never will I wear an instead of sleeping shirt. Is it just like a joke now? It's become one. Okay. Because there's been so many times where we've tried to be like, oh, here, okay, get the uh, blah, blah, blah. But there's like never in my size or they don't have the one I want. So like never it's gonna happen you should make your own one of one instead of sleeping i shirt. had at one point in time we were we were going on tour and i went to the goodwill and bought a jean jacket and i was trying to make this catch on and i took black sharpie to it and it said crater crew on the back of it oh god <laughs> <laughs> and i like cut off the sleeves and wore a black hoodie underneath yep, that, it that sounds and it about had, right like, an ios patch right at the front like and i was like this is the best thing in the world i don't know why anybody isn't joining me and no one, no one caught on to be part of the Crater Crew, so I abandoned so you're the, it. So the the sole founder and last member. I also made a fraternity in college called Omega Mu Gamma. Okay. Which is OMG. Oh. And we had shirts. Oh my god. It pissed a lot of people off. Really? It was a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I mean side creative projects. Um. I just try to put a lot of time and, and love into my job because, I mean. You have a job you can actually care yeah, about. Now, so, yeah, yeah, I feel that 100%. Yeah, so I don't, you know, as much as I want to do other things, I think it would really take, um, it would take somebody being like, I want to work with you for me to be like, okay, let's do this um, it's, because I love what I do. Yeah, it's weird when uh, you actually – if you get to a point where your day job becomes the thing that you're passionate about. Right. And then it's like, well, what the fuck? Like, what do I do? It's weird. It's a weird, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. It's just weird if it happens. I and guess, a lot of people don't get to. No. And, and you know, it's kind of fun for me. Um, I've always been a closet wrestling fan. Oh, okay. So I'm now watching a lot of professional wrestling. And um, I was writing for a blog for a little bit, like that's doing decent. And I think I may go back to writing to the blog um, on professional wrestling just because, oh my God, I'm such a sick freak, but I love it. That's what I was listening to um, the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast on the way here. Oh, yeah, my the podcast? 40 hour bright or my 40 mile bike ride. Yeah. I guess that's the other thing I'm filling my life with is r- just riding my bike everywhere. Do that's you plan fun. on riding in the winter? So, I depending. Uh, so I don't have a car anymore. Oh, uh, okay. I I literally and just another way you inspire me, Brian. How I'm like Brian fucking does it. Fuck me. <laughs> Why do I need a car? You know, I work in the city. I live in the city. I can do it, right? Yeah. Uh, 
and then I got arrested for walking on a busway, so I won't do that. <laughs> really? I didn't. I never. There's no buses in Butler, Brian. Holy shit! You didn't let's ride talk, buses. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Were you walking on the busway like from Wilkinsburg into town? Did you try? To oh, that would be badass. No, like what happened? No, I I got a commuter pass because I was like, I can figure this shit out. I'm a smart guy. I'm really not that smart though. I'm really smart in my my small field of things, but I'm pretty much lack common sense. My brother the other day was trying to quiz me on presidents. <laughs> okay. It got ugly. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to know any. No, because um, we were making. He was making fun of Mitt Romney, and I'm like, who the fuck is Mitt Romney? <laughs> He's like, you know who Mitt Romney is? I was like, I know he has a T-shirt at Urban Outfitters. <laughs> Where it stopped. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm commuting out to South Hills Village every day from the Strip District, taking the tea out, right? So, to go to Apple. And I'm doing that fairly easy, because the tea goes one way, you don't ever switch, and it announces when you're approaching something, right? So, it's kind of like riding the Amtrak at Disney World. Very easy. Yeah. And even if you miss your stop, it's not that hard to fix it. So I'm riding that. I have my little pass. And then I'm riding my bike down to Mindover Media and then riding my bike home after I get off the tee. And it's working out for about a month. One morning I wake up and there's like torrential thunderstorms and they're supposed to last all day. And I get a text from my mom like, please don't ride today. So I'm like, okay. So I look at my phone, figure out when the bus is coming. Get on the bus. And... um. I ride the bus down, and I guess I thought they were going to announce when my stop was, because that's what they do on the T. Yeah, okay. And there's no announcement, and I missed where my stop was supposed to be. And now I pride myself on knowing the city better than fucking Google does, but I got off somewhere where I had no idea where the fuck I was. <laughs> Turns out I was behind that building that has like the cathedral or the rotunda um that's like off of liberty as you're like coming into the city it's off to your left i think it is like the bus station mm, maybe it's a it's like across from the convention center oh oh by where the amtrak is yeah yeah sure okay. yeah, yeah yeah so i'm behind it okay yeah and I, there's like a wall of grass to my left that goes straight up to my right is just like it's a road, but, like, I don't know where it goes, and I can't tell. And I turn to my left, and I see the U-Haul building in the Strip. And I go, oh, I work right by there, and just start walking in that direction. I'm walking on the side of the road, walking against opposing traffic, because that's what you're supposed to do, right? But there's no cars. I kind of thought that was weird, but it didn't really ring my bell. And I was, like, got a text from my grandma that morning. She's like, can you call me? So I, like, called her. I'm like, oh, I got to walk, so I might as well call my grandma, hang out, walk. And there's no, like, trespassing sign or anything, and I'm just walking. Now, the pre-story to this is that about a week before, I was humiliated by um, a T driver for having a bike on the T, which you're allowed to do. Yeah. Um, and he basically was very upset with me because I was not following the rules that aren't posted on the T. The only way you can find out where to put your bike on the T is to go on the website. So I... Am misplacing my bike. He threatens to throw me off of the tee. I told him that was discrimination, which it is. 
and he starts screaming at me, blah, blah, blah. So then he goes into his little car thing, goes over top of the walkie and continues to parade me from the walkie inside his little booth. So I'm humiliated. The good thing, though, was is that when he started to humiliate me over the thing, everyone booed. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. He, yeah. I yeah. kind of felt like the baby face guy. and he was the heel and like everyone was booing him. I was yeah. like, yeah, I have the title. <laughs> um, but uh, so I whatever. Um, don't trust anybody in a Port Authority shirt anymore. Like I just don't. And so I'm walking and this woman is hanging out of this van waving her finger at me like I'm a child. Like the finger wag ah, 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 kind of thing. And she goes, you can't be here, which is very vague, right? And I go, you know what's fucking funny? How nobody in Port Authority ever wants to help me. And I just kept walking because really she doesn't say trespassing. She doesn't attempt to help me. She just says, you can't be here. And so I was like, okay, maybe I can't be on this road. So I hopped the road barrier and I'm walking in the grass. Next thing I know, lights come up. And there's cops everywhere. They pull me onto the road. I have to empty out my bag, blah, blah, blah. They're like, have you ever been arrested before? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I'm just walking. Uh, and then they tell me, after they give me whatever, they're like, all right, you're going to receive a citation. I'm like, have I been arrested? And they're like, kind of avoid the question because they didn't read me my rights. Sure. So I thought that was weird. Um, and so they're like, all right, you're free to go now. I'm like, well, I'm on, can I, I'm on the busway. That's why I'm in trouble to begin with. And I was like, okay. So I just like kind of, and they're like, you can go that way. And that way is over a barrier down a hill and across railroad tracks where it does say no trespassing. So I hop the barrier. I try to walk down the hill. Now, if you remember, it was raining that morning. So it was wet and muddy and I fell down the hill um, no are you okay no nothing just like you could keep walking now okay so I crossed the railroad tracks where it says do not trespass find myself above Liberty Avenue about 10 feet have to jump off like a 10 foot wall to get down onto Liberty like pretty nasty yeah but uh there's a court hearing on the 22nd so cliffhanger for your podcast does Josh get off or does he go to jail I don't think I'm going to jail. I don't think you're going to go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was shit. Just, just, I think what you should do. Okay. I've been taking opinions. I think that all you need to do is just walk in there and say, I grew up in Butler. <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially what my defense is, though. Your Honor, it was the first time I've ever rode a bus. <laughs> Literally in my life. I didn't know where the fuck I was. I saw a landmark and started walking. Yeah. Because that's the God honest truth. And, you know, like, it's just so funny because when you grow up in Butler, you don't walk anywhere. Yeah. You know, like, it's like you're going into town. Town takes about fucking hour, you know? And, like, my friends thought it was cool because I lived in town. I was by the one Walmart. So that was a hot spot to hang out. <laughs> well, shit, dude. I hope you're okay. Yeah. With your court hearing. No, oh, fuck it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just, yeah, tell him you're in Butler. Yeah. Hi, uh, I grew up in Butler. <laughs> just tap on the mic. Hello, uh, I grew up in Butler, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything else you want to say? 
no. I just want to uh, thank the people who inspire me. And when you text me, can hey, I want to have you on my podcast. I literally looked at it and I was like, best day of my fucking life. Um, because, you know, this group of friends that we have are just, they're awesome. And the little surrogate people, uh, like Justin Luteran, who's all the way out in Los Angeles, California, kicking ass on the movie sets. Um, or Robert Hartle, who's literally not being stuck in Butler anymore. Yeah. A kid who should be. Um, just kind of kicking ass and, and taking names. And, you know, I just, uh, you guys keep me going. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming over. Thanks for having me. And that is all, folks. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. I hope you were able to get through those funky little audio technical difficulties that happened. Again, I don't know what the hell happened. A bad cable, maybe. Not sure. Whatever. Fuck it. It's done. Can't do anything about it. Josh is a great guy. I wish him nothing but the best. He's a lot of good, positive things going for him, and I'm sure he's gonna succeed immensely in his fucking life because he's focused and driven, and I could really take some fucking notes from him so yes do that be driven like josh anyways thanks for listening be sure to stop back again next week for another episode i will be here and it'll be okay i guess so yeah do that if you want whatever i am sykes start the beat 2014 Woo! Thanks for listening.